Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. Hey, everybody. So we're going to be reading from Titus chapter 1, 1 verse 1 through 5. You can read, you can read with me or uh, in your head. So it says this. Paul, a servant of God and apostle of Jesus Christ, to further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness, in the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promises before the printing of time, and which now he has pointed season, he has brought to light through the proceeding of entrusted to me by the of God our Savior, to Titus, my true son in our common faith, grace and peace for God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. The reason I left you in Crete, what you might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint leader, elders in every town and erected a you. Amen. Nice job, Michael. Thanks, brother. Nice job, dude. Uh, you may be seated. All right. We're, for those that have been following us online or those that are familiar with us, we are on to a new book. For those that are just new here, awesome. Welcome to Titus chapter 1. Uh, Titus is a book in the New Testament. And one thing that we must remember, that no matter how you view the Bible or what your thoughts are on Christianity or God, the Bible, the Bible is viewed globally, historically, all accounts that this in the New Testament is a historical account of people that did things. It uses places that were real and are real. It uses times, actual times. It uses people's actual names that are real. This is a history lesson. And I've had a lot of fun. So I went to college a long time ago, and I had a class called New Testament History. And I've been kind of diving back into that this week to, to, to study about Paul and his journeys. And one of the things I've gotten really encouraged by is that Paul, after he gave his life to Christ, went out to the non-Jewish world to share the love of Jesus and to start churches in places they should never be. I feel very kindred spirit to that calling. I myself am a four, I'm a product of the four-walled church. My dad's a pastor. My mom was the organ player and the Sunday school superintendent. Okay? I was born on Saturday and church on Sunday. I've crawled over every pew, and I've counted every ceiling tile, and I would stay in church and watch that one blade in the fan go around. Have you ever tried to watch one blade? Those are kind of fun, huh? I used to do that on Wednesday nights at prayer meeting. Now, Paul was called to bring the good news of Jesus to beyond the Jewish people. I personally feel super called to bring the good news of Jesus to the outdoor culture or the church outside of the walls of the four-walled church. Nothing against the four-walled church. Awesome, beautiful, continue to pray for it, continue to support it. A bunch of you wouldn't be here without the four-walled church. I wouldn't either. That's awesome. But Paul was called to bring the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, to people who were Jews. Now, what's so cool is in his process, he was successful in telling people that God is good and that Jesus is real and that he's the son of God. And one of those people that was not Jewish is Titus. 
Titus is a, is, is a Greek uh, guy, a guy from Greece, who gave his life to Jesus through the ministry of Paul. Now, one of the things that is really exciting, I've actually got goosebumps talking about it, is really getting to hang out, for me, hang out with people who has, have given their life to Jesus through the ministry of outdoor experiential worship services. There's been a lot of them, and there's nothing that's more exciting than meeting with somebody who, whether in this very spot or in some other resort or some other outdoor church service, gave their life to Jesus and said, Jesus, you're my Lord. You're the way, you're the truth of your life. There's no other way but you, and I'm going to put your, my faith, hope, and love. It's encouraging to me as a pastor. I'm sure it was really encouraging to, to Paul for Timothy, you can hear it in his in his in his, in his language where he says to Timothy or sorry to Titus. There was another guy named Timothy that came to know Jesus too. Uh, he was a Jew, but Timothy was Greek. Uh, oh my goodness, I keep doing that. You got you got to help me out. Titus and Timothy are so close, and First and Second Timothy are right before Titus in the Bible. I know bunch of New Testament history, but I get really confused. Titus was Greek, and he says this to Titus to Titus, my true son in the common faith. Can you hear it? Can you hear the love that Paul has for Titus? He loves Titus. Now let's remember who Paul was. This is one of Paul's uh, three letters to pastors. They're called the epistles, big word for a letter written by Paul to people doing ministry, right? That's, I paid $120,000 and went to school for four years so that I could tell you that the word epistle essentially just means a thing written by Paul, written to people who are doing ministry. I want my money back. Anyway, um, but this is a letter written by Paul. Well, who is Paul? Paul was a gentleman who was like of the upper class and the Jewish group of people. He was born into the upper class. And not only was he upper class, but he was born into really high uh, academic families, right? Uh, how many are from the greater Boston area? Okay, awesome. Love you guys. I have your education system and your expectations of what your kids have to do after high school are not from where I'm from. I am from Western Maine. I am the first male in my genealogy going back to Adam that went to college. Let me say that one more time. I am the first male in my genealogy going back to Adam that went to college. So when I hang out with you guys that are from the greater Boston area and the intensity of your education systems and what your kids have to do after high school, it makes me anxious for them, right? Where I went to high school in Western Maine, they're like, dude, you're doing something academic after high school, man? That's wicked cool. What are you doing, man? Like, and it had nowhere, like no one asked me where I was going to college. They didn't even care what the name was, right? And so anyway, Paul was not from Western Maine. Paul was born in the highest achieving academic household in that time, and he rocketed through the ranks. This dude was on the top of Harvard's list. This is who the, the academic institutions of the time wanted in their things. And he was a religious leader who thought he was doing what was right. And you know what he was doing? He was helping gather, and actually he was part of the murdering of people who believed in Jesus. He was utilizing the system to pull himself up and push others down. 
every single person here looking at me and me looking back at you, each one of us are guilty of using our leverage to pull ourselves up and to push someone else down. So the next time you watch the news and you're disgusted at our system and someone else that's using the system to push other people down and advance themselves, turn off the TV, walk into the bathroom, turn the light on, and look in the mirror. Because you and I are guilty of the same thing. Are we not? So Paul was guilty. And this is why it's, why am I spending time on this? Why am I hitting you and me with this zinger? Because God loves you and can save you from that. God loves me and he can save me from that. And this is what's beautiful about God's love. He also loves the people that we are pushing down. And that's why God saved Paul. God met Paul on this thing called the road to Damascus and had this great conversion. And he changed his name from Saul to Paul. And that's who wrote this book. Now, Paul, little edgy dude. He was a little edgy dude. So when he went out from Jerusalem and he went out to his different missionaries, he began to tell people, hey, listen, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what music that you like. It doesn't matter how you vote. It doesn't matter what you eat. If you put your faith, hope, and love in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, you will be saved. See, in the church at that time, wasn't giving that message. Even the Christian church at that time was saying, well, you have to read from a certain Bible translation. You have to wear certain clothing. You have to vote a certain way. And oh, you cannot listen to that music. Sound familiar? Things don't change. Humans are humans, right? When I hear people saying how horrible our world is right now, I'm like, have you read the Bible? The first siblings, one murdered the other one by hitting him in the head with a rock. That was the first group of people after perfection. (laughs) The Bible says sin entered the world and so death by sin and so death passed upon all men for all human have sinned. Sin is sin is sin is sin. I don't care if it's 23 and we can have it all fun in like on a moment or sin back when you had to kill your brother with a rock, right? Sin is sin. And so Paul goes out and he shares the gospel and Titus did not look or act like other people in the church. And Titus gave his life to Jesus and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he said, I want to bring this message. I want to bring this message to the world. Well, guess what the church did? said, well, I don't know. You, you need the message, and you need us to tell you the message. But there's only certain ones of us that can actually carry the message out to other people. Sound familiar? God does not like it when we as the church say, this truth is ours. And if you join our club, if you look like us, you too can have the truth. God. Dad ain't happy when his children hoard truth and cut people out through legalism. And so in comes Paul into the church of Jerusalem. Would you want to be in this meeting? And in comes his vagabond believer, Titus. I'm sure he had tattoos head to toe. He probably had piercings where he shouldn't have them. He probably had clothing on that didn't look like the church. And he walked in and Paul said, this is my boy. And he's going to bring the gospel to the island of Crete. And big players in the church were like, mm, uh, I'm talking like Peter. 
I'm talking like James. The big dogs were like, nah, dude, he's got one too many tattoos, bro. You think someone's going to actually take this guy seriously with that piercing in that location? That's just weird, right? You know what? Get the piercings out. Cover up the tattoos with a shirt. You know, you really probably not drink. Don't cuss. You know what? You probably ought to get a collared shirt on. And then maybe, maybe we'll send them out on the missions field. Paul lost it. Literally was like, what are you got? What do you guys think Jesus came for? Jesus did not come to convert us all into some like social Christian norm that feels good for us. He came to set the captives free. He came to save you from ourselves and from me, from me, and from you, from you. And he has saved Titus from a life of sin. This dude rocks. Everyone's going to believe this guy because look at him and where he came from and look at the joy that he has now. They're not going to believe you, you bunch of stuck-ups and your suits and your fancy this and that. Sit back down. I can hear Paul just going off. And then, because James and because Peter were full of the Holy Spirit, they reconsidered. And they were like, oh, you're right, Paul. Doggone it. Don't you guys hate when Paul's right? Ah, he really is right. And I don't want to tell him that he's right. But I know that Titus can go and share the good news of Jesus, and he should. But dang it, that means we have to tell Paul is right. Oh, can you guys hear it? These are humans. The disciples were humans. Paul was human. I don't know if I'd like to hang out with Paul. He sounded like a punk. Read his scripture, dude. The dude was harsh. But when Paul knew what was right, he did not he did not move. And so Peter and James were like, okay, yep, Titus, okay, yep. You can have the tattoos, you can have the piercings, yep, you don't have to vote a certain way, you don't have to listen to Christian music. Okay, okay, you love Jesus with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You love your neighbor as yourself. And I can hear Titus go, dude, I'm being led by the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm trying to do, brother. I ain't perfect. Once in a while, I still drop a a swear word I'm probably not supposed to say, but God is good and he's saving me from myself, you know? And Paul, I can hear Paul now saying like, dude, dude, seriously, come on. Let's go love on some people. Stop worrying about what you're not doing or doing that's pleasing Peter and James or not, right? Peter and James said, amen, brother, get out there. And you know what's so beautiful? The church humbled themselves and the the church of Jerusalem came around Titus and said, we're gonna pray for you and we're gonna send you off. Now, I said that he was commissioned to go to Crete. He wasn't. Sorry, that was just a slip. The winds, well, he was commissioned by God, apparently, because they weren't planning on going to Crete on, on Paul's fourth mission. So how did they get to the island of Crete? Sorry, I'm way ahead of myself. See here in verse 5, it says, The reason I left you in Crete was that you might be put, but you might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town. Crete is one of 2,000 islands in Greece. Guys, this is a beautiful setting. I love this. We do not have enough time to cover this. All right, I'm going to have to wrap this thing up. This is, this is incredible stuff, guys. Crete is one of 2,000 islands in Greece. I want to go sometime. Crete looks awesome. Anyone been to Crete? Anyone? Yo, is it gorgeous? It looks absolutely beautiful. You want to know what's wicked cool? On the west side, southern west side of Crete, do you know what they have? Mountains. Do you know what those mountains are called? The White Mountains. I'm not even kidding you. There's a White Mountain Range in West Crete in the south. And you know what's wicked funny? 
when Paul ended up at Fairhaven Crete, he was trying, there, he wasn't, but the captain of the ship was trying to get behind the White Mountains because it was known among sailors that if you could get your ship behind the White Mountains, you could withstand the brunt of a storm. And so this is crazy to me that Paul was going for the White Mountains. Guys, seriously, this is the real deal. I was like freaking out this week reading this. I'm like, Paul was going for the White and we're going for the White Mountains. And I bet you anything, when God was doing his thing, he's like, in 2023, there's going to be a kid with ADD that gets really excited about little things, and he's going to say the White Mountains on top of a church service. I love his people, and I love it so much. Woo! So cool. Because in Crete, the churches weren't supposed to be there. At Loon, churches aren't supposed to be here. This is New England. Church was cool here 250 years ago. There shouldn't be a growing movement of churches on top of ski resorts, but God's work. It's not ours. It's God's work. There shouldn't have been a growing number of house churches in Crete. Do you know what Crete was? Crete literally, and it's still to this day, 2,000 years. Have you guys ever had a nickname that wasn't very nice but was kind of true? that kind of stuck when you were older, right? Crete had that, they were called Cretans. If you go, oh, don't be a Cretan. Has anyone ever heard that? Don't be a Cretan. And what it means is don't be a liar. And you know why they were liars? Because they worshiped Zeus. And if you know anything about Zeus, Zeus is a God who lies. He is famous for his lies. He's like one of the best liars out there. Anyone feel married like they married Zeus? Whoa, whoa, sorry. Whoa, that was a little, has anyone felt like their teenager is Zeus, right? <laughs> Zeus was the best light. Does anyone sometimes got to be honest and look in the mirror and go, ooh, I'm acting a little bit more like Zeus than I am like my Abba Father today. <laughs> All right, I can sell ketchup popsicles to white glove ladies. You can spin things the way you want to. That's what Zeus was really known for, was spinning things to get people to do things that he wanted them to. He's known really good. Why do you think Paul starts out a letter to Timothy, who's a missionary to Crete with this. Ready? He says, Paul, a servant of God and the apostle of Jesus Christ to the Father, the faith, to the further the faith of God's. Michael, this is hard. Nice job. Paul, a servant of God and apostle of Jesus Christ to further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness in the hope of eternal life, which God, check this out, who does not lie. When everyone on Crete heard this letter read, their ears went, huh? A God that doesn't lie? What? See, unlike America, right? Unlike America, Crete was cool with gods. And the more gods, the better. Now, we in America don't call them gods, but boy, do we worship them. Hmm? We worship them. We worship safety. Safety's got to be the top god in America. Holy moly. It's a multi-billion dollar. Do you guys know that safety is a bigger industry than oil? By far. Safety. Safety in cars, safety in schools, safety on stairs, safety in the bathroom, safety at the kitchen table. Safety. Everything is about safety. That's one of the number one gods in America by far. You know one of my number one gods in my life? Good time. I love the God of good time. And boy, when I don't get the God a good time, I get cranky, you know? 
These guys were okay with calling them gods. So when Titus showed up and said, yo, I'm going to tell you guys about a god, they're like, okay, cool, let's add another one to this. What does your god do? I'm excited to see what your god does. Because there was like gods of all kinds of stuff. There was a god's son, there was a god of the sea, there was a god of fun, party, there was a god of sadness. There was all kinds of gods. But Paul showed up and said through Timothy this, we have hope in eternal life. There was not one God on the island of Crete that guaranteed eternal life. And if there was a God on Crete that eternal life, guess what the people thought? He's lying. He's Zeus. He's lying. And so what did Paul say here? In the hope of eternal life, which God who does not lie? Guys, the devil from the beginning has tried to get all humanity to believe that God is a liar. Seriously. That was his first and only trick in the garden. He was still doing it on the island of Crete some thousands of years later. He's still doing it in 2023. When I hear people say why they really, if they're really honest, if they begin to cry, not, not, not small things like I don't believe the political part of Jesus or I don't believe in the church or I don't believe, no. They begin to kind of cry and they go, I don't dare put my faith in something. I don't dare trust something. That's a lie. I don't want to trust that. Anyway, I haven't even got started. This book of Titus is so, so, so cool. Here's the take home that I want you to be encouraged. One, if you're a legalistic, do-writer, black and white, God loves you. And he will use you. Look at Paul. Look at Paul. And if you are a ruffian, with a past that is rugged. And the traditional church looks at you and goes, uh, can we just pass? Like, we want you to come to know Jesus, but we don't want you in front of other people. The church does that, I'm sorry. We want you to come to know Jesus because Jesus is for all, but church leadership is for the few. Oh, if that's you, God loves you and he wants you to be his messenger. And if the church won't accept you, too bad for them. Because God does, and he loves you. Look at Titus. You want to know what's so cool about Titus? To this day, we have a thing called what? Greek Orthodox. Beautiful, huh? To this day, there is a church called Titus in Crete, in, in Crete the island of Crete. See what Titus' faithfulness did? What if he would have believed the lie in his head when he was going in that meeting in Jerusalem like, oh, the church doesn't like me and I am bad. You should have seen what I did. No, my word, look at my tattoos and my rings and I don't know, I can't do it. If he would have believed that lie, I don't know. We might not have Greek Orthodox to this day. I don't know. But he didn't. He allowed the Holy Spirit to use him. So if you are a do-writer, God loves you, wants to use you. He used Paul. And if you're a rugged vagabond, amen. God loves you and he wants to use you. He used Titus. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is to all and everyone, all of us on the spectrum, from the do-writers like Paul to the vagabonds like Titus that, that don't fit in. You love us and you want to use us. You want to save us from ourselves and you want to use us as your instrument to bring you glory and to bring other people to you.
Thank you for your word. Thank you that there's a place called the White Mountains on the island of Crete. I want to go, God. I want to go. That is so cool. Thank you that we get to declare your truth in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.